you unlock this benefit with the key of Patreon. Beyond is another dimension. A dimension of thought. A dimension of speculation. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both waffle and substance. Of things and ideas. You've just crossed into the podcast zone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Julian and I doing our Twilight Talks. Twilight Zone Talks, because that's not real. There's no sparkling vampires here. And we are continuing our journey into the Twilight Zone. And we have reached the episode, I shot an arrow into the air. Uh, and so we're going to sort of start with that. We're going to carry on no preamble. Let's get into it. So Julian, what are your thoughts on this episode? I think this is uh, a pretty good episode. It's another one of the sort of like, uh, surprise, they're on Earth episodes but you know and it's kind of a morality play but i think it works what about you yeah it was all right there's something in this episode that bothers me it bothers me with quite a few things um i I like the morality side of it i think the reveals a little um iffy Mm -hmm. uh it may be just coming from modern lens this idea of he walks and walks and walks and then finds out he's in nevada and he's like we never left earth i'm like well why did you think you had like what yeah. in your technology sort of thought you would because they think they were an asteroid i'm like well you how much time do you think has passed um because right. they're like you know you crashed i'm sorry it all feels a bit yeah it's, it's yeah. this thing it's this thing with the twilight zone as well that they think asteroids have got breathable atmospheres as well it's sort of uh... and we've seen that before and we'll yeah, see yeah, that we... again yes. um but uh yeah i also found myself wondering like Really, you haven't seen like life anywhere. I mean, if you've ever been in the desert, you see, you know, flowers and you see, you know, little bugs in in Mm. cave water and stuff. Um, I also found myself thinking like um, the villain, uh, what's his name, Corey, um, is is so damn mean. Like, like, how did you let this guy on board? He's (laughs) obviously a sociopath. That that was where the problem. That well, there's two problems I have with the show. It's first like, yeah, he's clearly not suitable to be on this <laughs> mission. Um, and the other thing is, though, I'm not entirely sure he's not wrong. He's, yeah. he's, that he's not wrong. You know, so the basic premise is they crash, and there's three of them that are able to sort of uh, to move on, and there's at least one of the others that is sort of well, he dies, but they're still given him water, and the colonel is sort of the, is the one guy in command is like, well, whilst they're still alive, they if they're thirsty, they get water. And the guys and this uh, Corey's saying like, well, there's three of us, and the more you give them, the less we're gonna have. And it's it's this sort of this sort of we we constantly say things like, um, sacrifice the few to save the many. You know, this this sort of you know the utilitarian philosophy of like, well, it makes total sense. Yeah, yes, you've got to sacrifice those so that we can survive, or at least attempt to survive. But then you get this sort of like Western hero complex of like, no, I've got to try and save everybody. Unfortunately, in pop culture, it usually works out that way. You know, they sort of save the day. But in this situation, I was thinking the same. I'm like, look, if the guy's going to die, like very soon, make him comfortable as much as you can. But like, you've got to conserve all of it. Am I coming across at the villain all of a sudden? I don't know. No, no, no. I, but... I agree with you. My problem is that Corey has these conversations like, he's not going to drink my water. He's like, that man's going to die. And he's having this conversation over the person dying. You know, <laughs> take your commander, you know, 30 yards to the side before you say this stuff under your breath. 
and most commanders would probably get it. And if they don't, they're just a pop culture stock commander guy, as you said. Yeah. But the, uh, the other problem that I have with that is that how much water do they have? It's not a lot, right? I forget how many. Five, uh, five it, gallons, he says. Got five, you know, gallons. five gallons. And it's going to be like four years at least until they can launch another rocket ship. You're dead anyway, unless mm. you find water. And that's another problem where they, he kills the two guys at the end. Yeah. They're, it's next to a little creek. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things, the more I, I think on this episode, the more I think sort of like when the reveal just highlights how poorly put together this mission was. Because they're like, that's four years building. That is, took them four years to build that rocket. Yeah. And it crashed instantly back into Earth. So it clearly, clearly needed longer. Um, I don't know. It, it was there's parts of it that are good. I like the confrontation towards the end when it's the three of them and they do they do find the one he may or may not have bludgeoned to. Um, oh, he did. It, he killed. He killed Pearson. Yeah, yeah, clearly. And then he kills the colonel and stuff. So I, and I like that. And then I like the, the I, there's a I kind of like that. Then it comes with this voiceover of Rod Serling just sort of like. Basically, like railing on this character, <laughs> he's like, "Yes, keep walking. That's right. It's hot, isn't it? You prick! Like, keep walking." <laughs> I'm like, "Make tracks, Mister Corey." Yeah, and it's sort of like it's like angry Rod turning at the end. It's sort of like it seems annoyed with him, but um, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's fine. It's good, and there's some there's some good acting in it. I kind of enjoyed it, but again, it's one of those that when he gets to the end and he he gets that Nevada sign. I'm like, oh no! Well, this guy's clearly in a lot of trouble then, mm-hmm. yeah, because he's going to have to explain how uh, his commanding bodies... officer has is riddled with bullets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What happened here? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Pearson must have shot him. <laughs> I I found myself wondering about that too, and I, I mean, it would almost be better if like it were framed by his court martial or something, you know. Um, and but then Corey would be more sympathetic. Um. Mm. You know, as you sort of investigate his guilt, and he does seem to have guilt. I mean, he's he is so merciless. But when he sees, I do like the the gimmick with the telephone poles. Um, yeah. But I don't see why he decides to climb that mountain. What you know, if he is like, yeah, whatever, I'm just gonna kill as many people, <laughs> so I have all the water. Why do you? I mean, if you think there was something worth seeing up there. Why not just go up there with your commanding officer? I mean, how much water is uh, Donlin, the CEO, going to drink mm. going up a single mountain? And it doesn't matter anyway because he shoots the canteen, which is kind of a nice touch. But then he's so psychopathic about it. He's like, oh, what? he doesn't even say anything. He just throws it away. It becomes like a non-moment, doesn't it? He sort of picks yeah. up, you see, the, you see the hole in the canteen, and then he throws it aside. Yeah, I was a bit like, no, there should be some... He should be angry about this or frustrated or something. Like there should be some payoff for this. This is what it's been about the whole time. I killed um, Donlin for nothing. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. It, the, the thing is, a lot of them have been, you know, they've had like a sci-fi twist. This is sort of, or at least, or even a supernatural twist or something. Like th- this one, the twist is, ah, oh, no, they just made a cock up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it the, the twist doesn't seem to be. Even that last one, you know, the, what was it? The four, the four are going to die, or whatever. Is the way they find you know, you find out they're actually from an alien world and they're traveling to Earth. Um, there's none of this sort of like reveal of it, it being a different planet or anything. Like that. It's sort of like, oh no, we we never left Earth. 
it feels like a bit of a it's quite an anti-climax at least i find feel for the sort of the reveal yeah i don't know i mean you're thinking of i think third from the sun that's um, it so yeah, yeah yeah uh the four of us are dying is the shape-changing thing um yes but yeah i mean i i do feel like that's one of those classic sci-fi surling twists of you know aha it's really on earth which when you think about it that's the ending of uh planet of the apes yeah you you've had to- but you've had talking you've had talking apes <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so where least... are my talking apes that's yeah, what this episode that? is missing that's it i want my yeah i want my dr zayas um that 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 was it it was like you had that ending where i'm like you know oh you got lost that's it like you know um it's it's the morality tale was fine i i I could center on the morality tale but a lot of the the story framing fell a bit felt weak to me fell a bit short yeah i agree i mean i i think that there are a bunch of just sort of like logical holes i mean Mm. i even wonder like i like the telephone pole thing but Clearly, you're alive and you can scratch three lines. Why not write out Earth if you can't talk? I mean, you know, there, there's a bunch of that that just seems odd. And and Corey does seem so one note until the end. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, even in 1959, like you know, there would have been planes stripe flying over the desert, uh, commercial airplanes going into Nevada and stuff. So. Yeah, it's, but, yeah. I mean, you'd think that your instrumentation would have been, you know, it is hard to imagine that you can't tell the difference between an asteroid and Earth. Yeah, and this is it. Like you say, the, the, it, it's almost like the Prometheus problem of like, we are the best that the world has to offer to send into space, but you're also incredibly bad at all your jobs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it's... There's not much to say about it. That's the thing. It's sort of, it, it feels like you know, it, it, this is set up for the twist. Like there's a lot of yeah. walking in this episode. Like there's more walking. There's probably more walking in this 25 minute episode than there is in the whole of Lord of the Rings. Like it goes on. Um, no, no, nothing <laughs> is as bad as the Lord of the Rings movies. You know. Um, um, no, yeah. I mean, you know, we're talking about a 20 minute episode, and and you know, like, look, it, it, I mean, a lot of the Twilight Zone stuff. I mean, it is not as compact as uh most modern storytelling is um but you know i mean i like the the shots of them walking and the mm-hmm. you know the heat and it's it's kind of funny them you know i mean you know the twist pretty early right you know so i think that's part of the failing of that twist is that it doesn't take long to really work this out um and, and so you find yourself saying like like okay so it's got our son they even talk about like navigating by the stars. So what happened when you look up at that stars, you'd probably figure out pretty quickly, like, you know, this looks a lot like earth. And Mm. also they go through like a day or two. They certainly go through one night. Um, Okay. So the days and nights are 24 hours long total. Yes. (laughs) Maybe that should be a clue. Yeah. And I was also, you know, I know um, they they make a point of how hot it is. That's the thing of how thirsty he is all the time. And I think that yeah, they're trying to make this thing of like it's the atmosphere. And even at night, they can like it's so hot. It can be, but like I've I've you know been 
you know, I travelled through Nevada and I've travelled to uh, New Mexico and stuff like I've been out in the middle of the summer in the middle of the you know the middle of nowhere. The temperature drops. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, at night at night is actually colder than it is yeah. in the Oh city. yeah, yeah. 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 So you know, because there's nothing to hold the heat. So the temperature yeah. drops quite dramatically. So when he's like night going, yeah, I'm still really hot. And I'm going like, no, this doesn't, it, it, it just didn't ring true. And that was the problem mm-hmm. with this thing. It felt like, you know, um, and like you say, you, you know, the, you see spiders or scorpions or snakes or like foxes or something. There's, there, there's life there. Um, and so, it, it, yeah. The, the, to, if, if you're honest, I think this is probably, the for me, the weakest episode we've had or at least one of the weeks episodes we've had so far. Yeah, I mean, look, it's got a, it's got a uh, rocket ship, it's got people dying, and it's got a twist ending that they're on Earth. I'm relatively happy, you know, <laughs> and and it's got a uh, moral through line that even if it's not my favorite and it's cliched or whatever, you know, uh, you know, it's okay. I mean, you know, yes, I get that it's a pop culture cliche, but mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I would just say before you start killing and cannibalizing people when you land on the desert <laughs> island, make sure it's not the Florida Keys first. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. The, 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 there's, there's a version of this where, like, Corey comes over that hill and he's like, yeah, he's chewing on Pearson's leg. Like, you know, this, <laughs> he's like, oh, right, wait. Oh, no, there's a there's a Wendy's over there. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's. You know, again, it's it's fine. It's it's the timing as well. Like this is one of the first episodes as well where I thought like twenty minutes felt a little long for it. Like it kept going. Um, but yeah, I shot an arrow into the air. Is 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 an episode of the Twilight Zone. That's the best I'm going to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I one final thought. The title kind of gives it away. Like the spaceship is named like the Arrow One, yeah. but the whole point is that you know sort of limerick of you know. Or that poem, right? That, you know, and where it landed, you know, I know not where, right? Uh, well, right. Where the Arrow One landed is the entire twist. Mm. So, you know, if you know the title, you know, like, it yeah. kind of gives away the ending. Well, even even back at Thingy, like, you get these two guys back at the, um, oh, yeah, they're sort of like mission control. And they're like, it disappeared. It just disappeared. And I'm just like, how? All I can think of is, how bad is your technology? Like, even in '59, like there were black boxes. There was, you know, there was sort of like missions were going up. Like we were tracking stuff across the planet as it fell to Earth. So, yeah, it, it's conveniences and contrivances to try and make this twist work. Uh, and it's a, it's a bit of a reach too far for me. But anyway, okay, so that's it. That was I shot an arrow into the air. That's that's that episode. So. We shall keep moving on. Let's see if, you know, uh, if I am I any happy with the next episode? We shall see. I think, Julian, you were quite satisfied with this one, but let's let's move on, as always. Uh, thank you very much for supporting the show. I hope you're enjoying our, our trek through the Twilight Zone. Uh, any final thoughts, Julian, before we move on? No, I'm good. Okay. Thank you very much, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>